Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. And what's happening again, everybody? Welcome to part two of our recent endeavor here into two shows per day. This is the afternoon look ahead portion of the day's events where we're going to, because it's Friday, take a look at what's going on tonight, but actually look at every team's next ball game throughout the weekend and what we're going to be kind of keeping an eye on. We will also pivot into schedule streaming plays for those of you in playoff leagues. Uh, and we'll try to dive into some of the injury replacements as we work our way through the board as well. I am Dan Bespris. This is Fantasy NBA Today. We are not taking any time at all at the front end. We are just diving right on in quickly. Welcome to those that are watching live on YouTube as well. You can see on your screen how we're going to work our way through today's card. Indy is at Boston. That's the first game on the docket here on the board. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton is a game-time decision. I personally think he's going to play tonight. Sounds like he went through shoot-around, which is usually a good sign. He was pretty close to playing for Indy a couple days ago, uh, so I'm expecting him to be back for this one, which would also knock off guys like Andrew Nemhard and TJ McConnell. So get ready to pull those dudes off of your injury boards as well. On the Boston side, I would assume a little bit of a minutes cap for Robert Williams. That might actually last throughout the regular season and the playoffs. If they're hoping to keep him remotely healthy, it doesn't really change what you're doing with anybody on the Celtics side, but it's just something to keep in the back of your mind. Spurs at Wizards. Spurs are the Spurs right now. Um, Trey Jones is probable. Keldon Johnson is probable after missing two games with a sore neck. Zach Collins is dealing with right biceps soreness. He is questionable as of now. Devin Vassell, his most recent report is that he's questionable, but there wasn't anything to suggest that he's playing hurt. So it's going to come down to whether or not the Spurs want him to go. I think Vassell probably plays in this game. Um, it's not a back-to-back for San Antonio. Uh, they're, again, they're on the road in Boston on Sunday. Then they have two days off after that one. So the schedule isn't particularly grueling right now. And, you know, again, with the Collins stuff, at least then you have an injury on the board, whether it's real or not, I guess, is anybody's guess. But uh, where I I feel like he probably, if anybody's questionable on San Antonio, I almost feel like in general they trend a little bit more towards doubtful. It just feels like there isn't much of a reason not to play Vassell. He said, knowing that there's a very reasonable chance that he doesn't play. Wizards are a very interesting team right now. We've been talking about them on a lot of our recent podcasts. Bradley Beal is out, which means Denny Avdia is going to see a really big uptick. He's in the starting lineup. Uh, Kyle Kuzma is out as well, which doesn't change things that much for guys that are... Uh, I mean, in, in terms of the starting lineup, it, it does feel like Corey Kispert is probably the dude that slots in there and sees a few more three-pointers. But Daniel Gafford might actually be the biggest winner uh, because when Kuzma's out, we see Porzingis slide down to the four a little bit more. That allows Gafford to see more playing time at the center spot. He's a pretty good stream tonight uh, with Avdia, maybe the most impressive of the possible streams as we kind of continue here to move our way through the card. Pistons are at the Raptors. Detroit, it sounds like uh, Jalen Duran is now off the injury report. That one coming a little bit out of nowhere. He'll likely come off the bench behind James Wiseman. Marvin Bagley, who's coming off a huge game on Tuesday, we'll see if he can kind of double up on that. 
Uh, in Detroit's last ball game, where all three of those big men were healthy, we actually did see Duran and Wiseman play together for about six to eight minutes. I don't know if we're going to see that again here. And Detroit remains in the midst of a really bad scheduling stretch. They're off for two more days after this one before they move into a four-game week next week. So take all of that into account. Uh, but on the Roto side, I do like Jalen Duran now. For head-to-head, it's a tough sell just because of the scheduling stuff. But uh, I think he probably does enough. On the Toronto side, Scotty Barnes is questionable. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. is questionable. If those guys are both out, you could look at Chris Boucher as a possible uh, injury replacement guy. If only one of those two dudes is out, I would assume that Trent, well, whichever one is in, is going to see the big bump, and then you get the usual Toronto doesn't really like to play their bench all that much going on, which is generally going to keep me from trusting anyone coming off the bench for the Raptors. Make sure I'm doing this in the right order for everybody that's watching live. Rockets are in Memphis to take on the Grizzlies. John Morant slides back into the starting lineup tonight, most likely, which means yeah, you probably still get 20, 22 minutes out of Tyus Jones, but this is likely the last game where he's going to have a ton of value or even a chunk of value. Xavier Tillman's been trending down as Memphis has been more willing to go to Jaron Jackson Jr. at center. They just did it two days ago against Houston. The Rockets are not a team where you need to be exceptionally large to deal with them. Uh, Alperin Shengun gets himself into foul trouble pretty regularly, so you might see more JJJ at the five again in this one on the Memphis side. I have trouble then trusting Xavier Tillman for tonight. Although as you look at Memphis's schedule and you kind of look towards the future, uh, they've got Atlanta, Clint Capella would be on the interior. You might see more Tillman there. Orlando, Clippers a couple of times. I don't think Tillman's completely dead to rights in terms of what his value might be, but it is not great for this particular matchup. And then as Houston goes, uh, the starting five, you know, we've talked about them at nauseum. KJ Martin, a little bit more of a schedule stream type of play these days, even though he's coming off a huge ball game two nights back. Uh, Tari Eason is generally worth a play for the Rockets with a good schedule going right now. Um, Oh, I think I... No, 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 they're coming up next. I'm sorry, I thought I skipped a team. Uh, Jay Sean Tate's availability will color how much you can expect to get out of Eason. I think he's a, a schedule play all of the time right now, but probably more of a roto play when uh, Tate sits. The Hornets are a <laughs> cluster mess right now. They're in Dallas to take on the Mavericks. We're waiting on information on Kyrie Irving. Jason Kidd was saying that he hoped that Kyrie would be available to go tonight. We're also waiting on uh, news on Tim Hardaway Jr. I think I would expect him to also probably be a go. I believe he missed that last one uh, with an illness. So, depending on how all that shakes out, it doesn't change a whole lot. I don't, I don't think many of you are playing Tim Hardaway Jr., but if Kyrie plays, then that renders all of the fringy guys cooked. Because we saw when Kyrie and Luca were in there together... Sometimes one other guy could get some value. It also really hurt Christian Wood when both superstars were in in the Dallas backcourt. So that's something to keep in mind as well. As Charlotte goes, Kelly Oubre is questionable. Terry Rozier is doubtful. Mark Williams got upgraded to probable for this ballgame. So he and Nick Richards probably move into a little bit uh, of a timeshare, I would think, at the center spot. Maybe like a 25-23, 26-22 kind of thing. Williams is presumably the guy you'd want to have there if he if he is inserted into the starting lineup. Uh, but if you already have Richards and you're in a head-to-head league, you probably can't 
do much in the way of move making. What I would recommend, however, is just look around in your league and see if Mark Williams got dropped. My guess is that he did in a lot of formats. Uh, it's very hard to roster someone who is in head-to-head leagues who's injured and you don't really know when he's going to be back. He's missed six ball games, but he was posting some really nice numbers before he went down. So at least check in and you know, sure enough, he's available in a couple of leagues that I'm in right now. If I had any roster moves left, I would go and add him. So an interesting little footnote on the Hornets side. But when you're looking at the guys that are out, now if Ubre misses this ball game and Rozier likely misses this ball game, Dennis Smith Jr. slides into a huge role. I think you probably see Svi Mikhailiuk uh, slide into Ubre spot in the starting lineup if he sits. But given the fact that we actually haven't heard about Gordon Hayward sitting the back-to-back, and P.J. Washington seems to be fine. Uh, I, I don't know that I would trust Mikhailuk in most formats, uh, especially on the back end of a back-to-back here, and with their schedule kind of lightening up a bit. So head-to-head, roto, whatever, it's not a great time to spend a roster move. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Boo, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Milwaukee's in Utah. No Chris Middleton for the front end of this Bucks altitude back-to-back. I would expect that Giannis, maybe Drew, maybe Brooke Lopez all consider taking one of these two games off. Altitude back-to-backs are tough. The Bucks do have a little bit of breathing room atop the Eastern Conference standings. Not a ton, but two and a half games isn't nothing with two weeks to go, uh, only 10 games left. I think they assume they're going to take at least one of these two ball games. Next one is uh, in Denver. That'll be a tough one. Who knows? You know, maybe Giannis does try to play in the back-to-back. Maybe they all do. It just, it's the front end of a five games in seven days stretch for Milwaukee and just feels like kind of a weird time for them to be pushing their guys. But, you know, whatever, we'll see. Uh, I'm not adding anybody in Chris Middleton's stead. I do think that if you're going head-to-head style, because of the grueling schedule coming up, Bobby Portis probably becomes a play for the next seven days. Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton with uh, Jay Crowder still out. Those guys could all be plays on the head-to-head side for the next seven days. For Utah, no Lowry Markinen in this ballgame. Simone Fontecchio moves into the starting lineup. He's a, a, a dice roll of a play. Ochai Abaji who's been starting, will see more activity here with no Markkinen. Kelly Olynyk always gets a big bump with no Markkinen. THT will get a bump. Chris Dunn will get a bump. I'd feel comfortable playing 
basically everybody that I just listed except Fontecchio in all formats tonight. Um, would I spend a roster move on someone on Utah this late in the week? Probably not. Uh, but, you know, you're going to get pretty good. I mean, Milwaukee's a tough opponent, so I, I can't say that everybody's going to have a particularly strong shooting night. But you do have a chance to get a whole lot of usage out of a bunch of guys, and that's usually worthwhile when you're looking at it from a, you know, should I drop someone in my lineup perspective. James Harden is questionable for Philly. He is probably closer to doubtful based on how much he's done during the day today. Joel Embiid is also questionable. He's probably closer to uh, probable based on what he's done with uh, the team so far today. If either of those two misses the ball game, DeAnthony Melton has a huge one coming up again. And for the Warriors, we're seeing kind of a recent Jonathan Kaminga surge going on these days. I talked about him on today's earlier episode as someone that I'm definitely using in scheduling spots, which for the Warriors kind of expires here coming up a little bit, but he might even be worthwhile on the Roto side. He's been hanging out right around the edge of the top 100, and he's kind of stealing minutes from Dante DiVincenzo, as is Anthony Lamb, by the way. Um, I'm still playing DiVincenzo in most formats right now as well, although he is also trending towards more of a schedule stream, and you may want to readjust accordingly. Phoenix, without DeAndre Ayton, is in Sacramento to take on the Kings, who expect to have Kevin Herter back today. That'll hurt Keegan Murray in the short term. It also hurts Malik Monk. Uh, for the Phoenix side, Biombo is a guy you're streaming if you need rebounds and blocks. Josh Okogie's been okay, but the big news over the last half an hour is that Kevin Durant is expected to come back for Phoenix on Wednesday of next week. So you still have a couple of games left where he's likely to remain out. They're hosting Philadelphia on Saturday. They've got a game in Utah on Monday, and then they're hoping they'll have KD back after that one. So get ready to adjust all of your lineups. If you have Okogi, you can just ride it out for the next little bit. Um, and then we don't really have an update on DeAndre Ayton. He was ruled out early, didn't make this short trip, so maybe we see him tomorrow, but we don't know yet. Uh, and that's why Biombo is if you're kind of stat hunting in one particular zone. Chicago, the late one in Portland. DeMar DeRozan has been ruled out for the Bulls already, which means that Patrick Williams likely gets a little bit of a bump. Uh, again, you know, these are all split-second decisions. This is generally why I didn't save many roster moves to the end of the week, because to me, a lot of this stuff is coin flip territory. Bulls have a good schedule going right now, though. They're for this week, for next week, for a week after that, including a Sunday-Monday back-to-back in L.A. against the Lakers and then the Clippers. Hard to say exactly when DeMar comes back. He was ruled out a few hours before game time here, like half a day almost. So it seems like maybe he's not super-duper close. Um, but again, we're just sort of reading the tea leaves there. Would I, on the Roto side, would I drop Caruso or Beverly or Patrick Williams into my lineup? Uh, Beverly is intriguing, as is Williams. This will probably be a high-scoring, minimal defensive game on the Portland side. Chicago's been playing some D lately. Um, and then Dame is questionable for Portland. So if he decides to sit, this thing turns into, you know, a little bit of an ugly one. But no Jeremy Grant. Yusuf Nurkic has been ruled out for the Blazers already. Anthony Simon's been ruled out for the Blazers. In terms of the Portland possible tank stuff going on here, I love Trendon Watford. He's been putting up huge lines lately. Drew Eubanks actually has a lot of value now because, you know, one of the reasons that Eubanks was having some trouble before is that they were willing to play Watford at center. 
But now Watford is is forced to take the reins at the power forward spot, so he's not there to back up Eubanks, which means that Drew's playing time is a little bit safer here with both Nurk and Jeremy Grant out, making both of those guys really interesting plays tonight. Thibault's the guy you go if you want steals and blocks. Shaden Sharp is the one that I don't quite trust as much from a fantasy standpoint. We talked a lot about him on today's earlier episode as well. Pretty big card tonight, isn't it? Oklahoma City is in L.A. take on the Lakers. Shea, Gilgis Alexander, D'Angelo Russell are each questionable for this ballgame. Shea, mostly because it's a second half of a back-to-back. D'Lo had some right hip soreness crop up earlier this afternoon. Uh, if D'Lo sits, Dennis Schroeder gets a big bump. Austin Reeves has already taken his big jump, so he, you know he's a play in all formats. If Shea sits, you get a whole lot of Josh Giddy. That's the big winner on that OKC side. You might be able to squeeze some three-pointers out of Isaiah Joe. But again, you're just looking at this from the injury replacement lens. You probably see more Vanderbilt if Gilgis Alexander plays. They'll want him to try to deal with Shea a little bit. You know, I'm not going to stop him, but maybe just take a little bit of the edge off. And if Shea sits, you probably see a little bit more Wenyan Gabriel, because at that point, Lakers are going to be trying to fend off Oklahoma City, crashing the glass, try to win the rebounding battle, try to win the battle on the interior, and uh, kind of go from there. That is the uh, Friday evening scoreboard. Let's take a look over at Saturday and see if we can get a feel for what the heck is going on with some of these teams that didn't play. Who didn't we talk about yet? Uh, we talked about the Pacers. We haven't talked about the Hawks. I would expect DeJounte Murray back for that game on Saturday. So Bogdan Bogdanovich moves into the back seat he's been in for the most part. Uh, John Collins has played his way into uh, safer power forward minutes. He's kind of pushed off Sadiq Bay Center spot, pretty much what we've got going on right now. Capella and Okongwu were split in time, and uh, that's a pretty easy one to read as well. Nets have four players you can start. The other guys were part of this three and four scheduling play, but none of those dudes makes the cut on the Roto side. Miami, three players that are worth starting. A bunch of guys that you could consider for head-to-head stuff when Miami's schedule gets better, if it ever does. It doesn't really, by the way, until the very, very end of the season, so they're not a great team to look at either. Bucks, we talked about Nuggets. They're a start-the-starters team. If you really wanted to dive into Bruce Brown stuff, you can do that. Uh, as their schedule picks back up, or if you hear about anybody missing time for Denver, but that doesn't seem to be the case right now. Sixers, we talked about. Suns, we talked about. Jazz, we talked about. Kings, we have as well. Pelicans at Clippers on Saturday. Pels are pretty much a start the starters team as well right now. Um, that includes Trey Murphy, who's found himself a nice role, at least until Zion comes back, if Zion comes back, which might not happen, so I wouldn't worry too much about it. And then the Clippers, Russell Westbrook, um, he's your guy in eight-cat or points leagues. He's not a guy that I'm playing in nine-category leagues if I'm actually trying to win in most of the nine categories, but I also understand some of your punting things, and that's okay as well. Uh, expect some very, very big games out of Kawhi Leonard while Paul George is out. The Clippers hoping to have him back for the start of the playoffs, but it is very much in jeopardy. By the way, shout out to Kawhi Leonard, who with another monster game moves up to number 11 on a per-game basis this year. He is the number three player in fantasy over the last three months behind just Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid. 
And this is fun. I just do this. I do the the daily Kawhi Leonard check-in. Where is Kawhi at if we look at totals on the season right now? Let's see here. Over the past three months, he's number five by totals. Over the entire season, Kawhi is number 43. So he's up two more after their game yesterday. Pretty crazy, by the way, that he could push third-round value after missing the first two months of the year. That's... That's really hard to do. Um, does anybody not go today or tomorrow? I think everyone, I think every team in the NBA plays either Friday or Saturday. No, that's not true. The Cavaliers and the Wolves and the Knicks and the Magic. Get it together, Dan. There's four teams that don't go Friday or Saturday. The Knicks actually don't play until Monday, so we don't even need to talk about them for a weekend preview. Uh, but the other teams, Cleveland, you've got Karis LeVert running hot right now, so you might as well just roll with it. Uh, their schedule was extremely front-loaded this season, so a brutal, brutal playoff stretch. They go 3-3-3-3 three, 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 three to close out the season. Um, Levert has been usable in all formats lately, but I also understand if you don't want to deal with it because they have two games here over the next seven days starting tonight. Minnesota, bad schedule right now, gets much better starting Sunday than they go five times in eight days. Um, Slow-mo is a hold for me while we're waiting on Anthony Edwards' status. Um, and then with Cat, you might see him rest one half of this back-to-back anyway, so that would also be a big Kyle Anderson game. Otherwise, I don't think you venture too far down that rabbit hole, especially when you get Anthony Edwards coming back in the not-too-distant future. Then you want to perhaps worry a little bit about uh, Kyle Anderson, although I think he's played so damn well that they're going to carve out 25-plus minutes for him most ball games. And then Orlando also with a bad playoff schedule right now. But luckily for the Magic, pretty much everybody on that team is playable in a three-game week when you start kind of at the the useful and work your way down the board. And then the cutoff is like a Gary Harris who's been playing better, but you just never really know what you're going to get. Uh, but Franz Wagner, who's dealing with a sore ankle, uh, honestly, he's probably back for their game on Sunday. Uh, Cole Anthony's been good lately. Wendell Carter Jr., Paolo Boncaro. You guys know the usuals for the Magic those are the guys that you can look at uh, for their game on Sunday. And, uh, you know, whatever you, whatever you get out of them, you get out of them. Let's talk a little bit about uh, playoff streaming calendars here before we wrap up part two uh, of our daily two-a-days. This one going a little bit longer because we wanted to do an entire weekend preview. Um, so here's what we're working on. Most of you, I think, have used the bulk of your moves already this week. And if you're watching live on YouTube, you can actually see the remaining calendar on your screen right now and start to build things out a little bit. If you're in a brutal battle this week, uh, you've got some back-to-backs to pick from Saturday, Sunday. Atlanta and Brooklyn go Saturday, Sunday. Uh, and those are the only two teams that have a Saturday, Sunday back-to-back. Coming after that, Brooklyn is off for two days and then they're into a three-game week. Atlanta's a three-game week, but at least they play on Tuesday. So if you wanted to, you could sort of stretch a Hawk long stream through Tuesday. If you are not in that brutal of a scenario, or if you have someone perhaps that plays today that doesn't go over the weekend, like I guess that would be the Knicks. I think they're the only team that doesn't play either Saturday or Sunday this week, but Knicks are off today also so maybe let's just throw that one out for now if you have someone that only plays one day the rest of this week and you have a bunch of extra moves to play around with think about going to the pelicans 
They play Saturday. They don't have many great streaming options right now, but they do go Monday, Tuesday, Thursday of next week if you wanted to do that first three and four. Or if you just wanted to take the Monday, Tuesday back-to-back, they are the only team in the NBA that starts next week with a Monday, Tuesday back-to-back, which makes them arguably the most coveted of the uh, long streaming ideas. What I'd prefer to do, though, if at all possible, is try to lock down some of these guys in your leagues that got dropped who are actually a little bit above just traditional schedule play that also have a good week next week. So teams that I would look at would be uh, Chicago. They've got some fringy players with DeMar DeRozan out that get a bump up. They play twice between today and Sunday. In fact, they go today and Sunday. And then they have four games next week. And if your season keeps going, they've got four games the week after that. So that's a place to look at. Dallas, they go today, Sunday, and have four games next week as well, although only three the final week of the year. Uh, Houston, they roll into a Sunday-Monday back-to-back. So if you picked up someone on the Rockets today, you could hold them through Monday, or you could just hold them for their four-game week next week. Indiana's probably losing some of their more fringy assets with Halliburton, I think, probably playing tonight. And if he doesn't go tonight, he'll almost definitely go in their next one because he's seemingly extremely close. Uh, By the way, one of the reports on the Clippers that just came out was that Paul George uh, first round playoff return would be optimistic. So the whole, the hoping to have him back by the playoffs thing, which sounded insane uh, is being called insane right before our very eyes. Memphis has a pretty good schedule. They finish up this week, Friday, Sunday, and then they've got four next week as well. Milwaukee, as we've talked about, they go five and seven starting today. So if you pick up a buck, you'll want to hold them through Thursday of next week. Uh, Oklahoma City, twice over the weekend here and a four-gamer next week. The uh, 76ers, they go today, tomorrow, and have four next week. Same with the Phoenix Suns. Portland, as they pivot into this possible tank, Sacramento. So there are a lot of options that you could look at as teams that have two games left this weekend and a four-game week next week. By the way, that wasn't it. Uh, The Jazz are also in the mix, as long as we're just listing all of them right here. So many clubs to pick from that roll into a better schedule next week as well. And I would try, at the very least, to find a player that's going twice this weekend that you don't then maybe have to worry about next week either. So it's an opportunity to save that roster move. And you guys see what I see, which is that there are a truckload a truckload of game time decision guys everywhere all the time right now. So it is really important, maybe more than ever, to save your roster moves for the middle of the week in your playoffs. That's not to say that you need to save them for Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, because at that point, if somebody misses a game due to injury, you're probably only losing one game from them anyway, as opposed to if somebody gets hurt on a Tuesday and you could lose three or four games without replacing them. I just, with the amount of guys that get hurt early in the week, and if you are able to save your moves for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, in that realm, you can add one to two games to your ledger with every one of those moves. And another thing we've seen here recently, too, is that guys might miss a game at the beginning of the week, but come back by the middle And you don't want to have to move on from those guys and use a roster move to either get them back or you end up kind of moving laterally because the guy you pick up might end up missing a game. There's just so much up in the air right now 
that the best thing for you to do is to hold as many moves as humanly possible until typically Wednesday or Thursday and then cash in. Drop somebody who's hurt. Drop somebody who has a bad schedule. Chew up two or three of your moves. Save the last one for the weekend to bail on somebody who gets hurt or if you're stat hunting or something like that and you can start to set up the following week. But we're almost on the home stretch. There are a billion options if you're finishing up this week of teams that have two games over the weekend. And I'm hoping that some of what we talked about earlier in this streaming show about guys that you could use to fill in with all the guys that are hurt right now, I hope that comes into some kind of help as well. Uh, please do head on over to sportsethos.com. Check out the Fantasy Pass for $5.99. And if you're joining us on these two-a-days, please take a second to like and subscribe on the YouTube page. Again, every time I see the number of subscriptions go up, I continue to want to do more shows on YouTube. You are fueling me. It's a positive feedback loop. You guys are a bunch of a collective enabler group for my addiction. And uh, it's a good one. So let's close down that schedule stream. And we'll do a couple of... No, I think that I guess that's it. Uh, YouTubers, we'll hit whatever couple of questions in the chat room after the show's over. To my friends on the recorded side, we'll be back with you on Monday with Reverse Chronological Lightning Round, and we'll set you up for some more playoff streaming over there as well. Thanks for joining us here on these two-a-days. We welcome feedback. Um, I'm trying this out, I think, for the next week or two. Maybe we'll run it to the end of the regular season, see how it goes, um, and that'll help us make a plan for what we're doing with YouTube and the podcast as we move towards next season as well. I'm Dan Vespers at Dan Vespers on Twitter. We'll see you over there. So long for now. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.